Comics are old. Really old. Comics are so old that in their day, they didn't have any of this political correctness nonsense. They were just unapologetically racist and degrading. As opposed to media now, which has to at least feign apology when caught doing a racism. And then, you have to consider the boundless number of comics that have been made. Actually, I think more bound comics have been published than unbound ones. Wait. Have you been unbinding all of my comics? No, Michael, I was- Because the staples are the best bit, with all of their staply wisdom and pointy opinions. You know, if we laid out all the unbound pages of every comic that's ever been published, we'd be able to muffle out the sound of Michael even if he reaches peak freakout. I'll never let her take you, shiny friends! There's not enough paper in the world. I'm Adam Sharif. I'm Amy Garvey-Eckett. I'm Michael Garvey-Eckett. I'm Robin Harmon, and we are your tutorial level at Comic Book Classroom. The podcast which condenses comic book history into a fun format to be the breadcrumbs through the dark woods that is comics. This time on Comic Book Classroom, we'll be studying Shazam! Shazam! was created in 1939 by artists C.C. Beck and writer Bill Parker, and first appeared in Wiz Comics No. 2. He's the answer to the question, what would happen if a child became a superhero? Surprisingly, the answer is not eat the world's supply of cake and then run round the earth at the speed of light until he throws up. Young Billy Batson is a kid who lives in the streets of the city, surviving by selling newspapers when he is led to an abandoned railway tunnel by a cloaked stranger. And because this is the 1930s, there's no Amber Alert and no one bats an eyelid. He gets on a train that looks like it's a child's arts and crafts project made out of lucky charms. Which takes him to the cave residence of the mighty wizard, Shazam! 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 This place of power is called the Rock of Eternity. Not to be confused with Dwayne Johnson, the rock who can lift for eternity. The wizard believes Billy to be worthy of his great powers and will bestow them onto him if he utters the wizard's name, Shazam! 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 What Billy didn't realise was that these were the mighty powers of acronyms. S is for Solomon. The wisdom of Solomon. And being able to cut a baby in half. H is for Hercules. The strength of Hercules. And the ability to be the star of the second best Disney movie. A is for Atlas. The stamina of Atlas. And being able to contain many, many maps. Z is for Zeus. The power of Zeus. But not the power to turn into a swan. A is for Achilles. The courage of Achilles. Only the brave would climb inside a horse. M is for Mercury. The speed of Mercury. And being able to poison Chinese emperors who drink you in hopes of becoming immortal. Saying Shazam. Shazam. Shazam! Turns Billy into a super-powered adult in a bright red costume, with a lightning bolt on the chest, as well as a white cape slung over one shoulder. But if the world's mightiest mortal says Shazam... Shazam! Shazam! Again, he turns back into Billy Batson making it extremely difficult to introduce himself. It's important to note that when first created, the character was called Captain Marvel, and we'll cover the convoluted path to the name change a bit later. For now, we'll probably say Shazam a lot. We've already been doing it a lot. But may refer to the Marvel name for some wider context. Just try not to picture Brie Larson when we do. Right, Robin? Sorry, what? I was thinking about Brie Larson. After the wizard passes his powers on to Billy, a huge rock which was hanging over the wizard's head falls and crushes him into oblivion. Which is weird, but then so much about Shazam is weird. And that's... well, that's it really. 
There are ongoing adventures, villains to fight, and an expansive cast of characters who get added, but a lot of the appeal for character comes from that core concept. And often when publishers feel like they need a new Shazam book, they'll do the origin again. We have read his origin a lot. The genius of Shazam was that it was there from the start. It perfected the children's escapist fantasy that had made comic books popular. Superman had debuted the year before, but now kids had an avatar to see themselves in. A child like them who was also the hero. And for a lot of kids, the fantasy of being able to change into an adult would be enough. Young Billy Batson, come closer. Let me take a good look at you. I'm six inches away. If you spent an eternity watching humanity from this distance, your eyesight would be bad too. Can I do anything to help you? No, it's much too late for me. My bones feel as soggy as buffet pasta. I shall pass my power onto you. Power beyond your imagination. I once imagined an ice cream powered rocket dinosaur. Then different to your imagination. You will be my champion. Oh boy, I can't wait to be big and strong and get to do all the cool things that grown-ups get to do. Then speak my name and the powers are yours. Haposa! Oh gods, what is this awful feeling? How can I be simultaneously exhausted and overwhelmed with terror? These are the powers you have inherited. But I wanted to know everything and be able to do anything, just like an adult. From Hera! You have the power to be civil to your husband's mistress whom you work with. From Achilles, you have the gift of weak joints. Persephone grants you romantic regret. Orpheus bestows the ability to find a small amount of time in your schedule to Skype with the people you can't see in person anymore. Sisyphus shares with you the unrelenting, unforgiving work routine. And Aphrodite gives you the duty of contacting all of your ex-partners about STIs. Haposa! This is horrible. Take it back. Haposa! Haposa! Sorry, kid. No take-backs. But at least you skipped puberty. Captain Shazamarvel is here to save the world. But he's not alone in this fight, and the additions to the cast only increase the book's popularity. When one of the villains, Captain Nazi, permanently injures a young boy named Freddie Freeman, Shazam shares some of his powers, allowing the boy to transform into Captain Marvel Jr. And, like Batman's sidekick Robin, Captain Marvel Jr. represented the child who wanted to be best friends with their favourite superhero. He had a lasting impact on readers of the time. His trademark haircut and jumpsuit would go on to become the iconic look of Elvis Presley. That one's not a joke. Elvis really did become famous enough to start dressing as his favourite comic book character and not get mocked. <sighs> one day I'll get there. Eventually, Billy and Freddy discover Mary, Billy's long-lost sister, who is also destined to receive the power of Shazam. Shazam! Shazam! But she doesn't share those manly pairs of man-gods. No, she has more... Womanly gifts. Selina grants her grace. Hippolyta gives her strength. Ariadne bestows skill. Zephyrus imparts fleetness because speed sounds too masculine. Aurora bequeaths beauty, which is essential for saving lives. And Minerva awards wisdom. She transforms into Mary Marvel and thus rounds out the Marvel family. Mary gave young girls a character to see themselves in. And a lot of people related to those characters. 
In the mid-40s, Captain Marvel comics had a circulation of over one million copies an issue. The villains created at this time are basically the same villains Shazam continued to face in all of his comic runs. Dr. Savannah is an evil scientist. The kind of scientist who only exists in comic books. One that seemingly wants to take over the world, rather than just seeing if they can automate a process at work and make more time to eat instant noodles. And he's really into murder. So into murder. Captain Marvel breaks his microscope, or whatever, and Savannah's reaction is, well, I guess I have to murder this small child Billy Batson now. When first created, Mr. Mind is a hyper-intelligent space worm who speaks through a tiny talk box and aims to bring together a group of evil men and monsters. In more modern comics, he's an alien worm with mind control powers who eventually grows out of his larval state into a beautiful butterfly. The hyperfly version of Mr. Mind is a lot like an older dude who dates younger women. At first, he's just messing with their minds, but then you discover he has the power to feed on reality and time, obliterating their potential and opportunities just to make himself stronger. There are some heavy hitters too. Black Adam is an evil character with the power of Shazam, and Ibak is a man who is empowered by four of the most terrifying men who have existed. Ivan the Terrible, Cesare Borgia, Attila the Hun, and Caligula. I thought having the power of four terrible men just meant any four men. Whilst Black Adam goes on to be Shazam's most notorious foe, during the first run of comics published by Fawcett, the character only appeared once. Teth Adam is an ancient Egyptian prince, granted the power of the wizard, but corrupted by it. He returns from being tossed into space and fights Captain Marvel, but he's tricked into saying the magic words and instantly ages 5,000 years and decomposes. Shazam! Shazam! But comics love a guy who looks like an evil version of the good guy. So when DC eventually owned the characters, he became a recurring villain slash anti-hero thing. Adam has fought with Shazam multiple times, reformed, and joined the Justice Society of America, only to plummet back into mass murder when his wife is killed by a tragic case of misogyny. More than many comics of the time, the craft on display in Captain Marvel Comics excels. Otto Binder came on to write, and his whimsy, alongside Beck's bright cartooning, infused the stories with fun and excitement. They were both inventive, entertaining storytellers who created so much. They often wrote beyond the constraints of their usual 12-page stories, creating some of comics' first serialised fiction. The Monster Society of Evil is the longest of them, running from 1942 to 1945 and over 200 pages long. But the books of the time are far from without fault. In 1942, they introduced the character Steamboat, an African-American sidekick for Captain Marvel. Steamboat is a horribly racist caricature of a bumbling man, drawn with big lips and charcoal skin, and a derogatory pattern of speech. With a black character created to be the manservant, chauffeur, and sidekick for Captain Marvel, it made it look like he was Billy's slave. It is awfully weird to request that someone be your pilot when you have the power to fly. This isn't fun for us. We would like to make a comedy show about wacky comic origins, but in almost everything we cover, it's like someone thought, how can I commit cruelty to a group of people to print? Racism was a feature of the 1940s. Hell, it's a feature of our world today. But if we ignore that racism, then it's like pretending it never existed, and it's one step towards allowing people to claim that, and therefore that it doesn't exist today. Steamboat appeared in 12 comics from 1942 to 1945. But there's a small glimmer of good in this story. Fawcett Comics stopped publishing the character after a group called the Youth Builders, comprised of roughly 11,000 schoolchildren in the New York City and Philadelphia area, put together a petition 
protesting the use of Steamboat and other African Americans in the comics. In every generation, there are kids who will fight for what's right and to make things slightly better. There were other, less offensive additions to the Marvel family, including Uncle Marvel, a lovable con man who pretends to be Mary's uncle just so that he can spend time with the Marvel family. But they tolerate him, because honestly, it sounds better than a real family member. Right! He actually likes their company. He even gets changed into a homemade superhero outfit whenever they need to transform. And is somehow the person to trick and defeat Black Adam in Adam's first appearance. They also introduced Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, a spin-off character in Funny Animals, who was an anthropomorphised cartoon rabbit who would gain superpowers when he said, Shazam! The popularity of Funny Animal comics led to the Captain Marvel comics adding Mr. Talky Tawny. Mr. Talky Tawny is a talking tiger who wears a tweed suit and a tie and carries a cane. He's dapper. I love him. He's a tiger. But Tawny was less of a comedy sidekick and more of a character used to confront social issues. Characters were initially shocked and terrified of this tiger roaming the streets, even though he was an upright gentleman. And so, through the reactions to Tawny, we learned that prejudice and racism is wrong. Uh Uh-huh. Is life keeping you too busy to read? Well, think again. With Mindable, you can have the latest bestsellers as well as classic literature read to you. But no need for fiddly earphones or trying to connect your phone to your car. Mindable reads straight into your brain. When you subscribe, you'll receive your own Phoenician worm, which will incorporate itself into your cerebrum and start imparting that knowledge. There is also a huge instructional section of the library to explore, and you can even listen while you sleep. Did you know that your brain is at its most vulnerable to suggestion while you're sleeping? Which means you can pick up languages, learn a new skill, and open your mind to new ideas while you catch some Zs. Like how monsters get a really bad rep, and since our governments are all corrupt and ineffectual, the concept of a supreme ruler makes a lot of sense, really. If you sign up to Mindable using the code COMICBOOK, you'll receive credit for two books of your choice, and a complimentary copy of Monstrous Society of Evil, More Than Meets the Eye, and The Other Eye, and The Third and Fourth Eye Too. T's and C's apply. Side effects may include brainwashing, loss of identity, hallucinations, and minor bleeding out of your eyes and ears. Time to address the elephant in the room. They give an elephant powers too? The name change. Okay, here we go. The decision by Fawcett to cease production of comics in 1953 has ramifications on the industry for decades. Yes! You think we can cover everything? Not everything. That'd mean addressing multiple copyright and trademark arguments, plus the time that noted fantasy novelist Neil Gaiman sued a man who spent $3 million on a baseball. I didn't know Neil Gaiman liked baseball. They're unrelated facts. But we covered Marvel managing to grab the trademark for the comic title last episode. Isn't that enough? I think we can do more than enough. The first Captain Marvel is published by Fawcett and they're outselling everyone. So of course it grabs the attention of the Superman publishers at National who go down the route of claiming something irrational. They say Marvel's like soups. He's a carbon copy. So stop publishing now or they'll keep acting stroppy. So it goes to court and hey, Fawcett win because honestly, National's argument was thin, but they're in and out of court and it goes back and forth. This process wasn't short. Like Like 12 12 years or more. So when the sales start to fall, Fawcett give up on it all. They start making comics, tell National 
Marvel, they've won. Force it, pay the damages. Captain Marvel is done. But this has an effect across the pond. El Miller and Sunbelly have time to respond. With Fawcett closed and sharp, they had nothing to reprint, so they came up with a plan to avoid being skinned. Honestly, it's not the most ingenious plan. McAnglo makes a similar superhero called Marvel Man, but they figured the chances of getting sued is pretty slim. After all, I don't think lawyers can swim. Years later, in the US, Fawcett's trademark has lapsed, so Marvel Comics realize that they should perhaps have a character with their name on the cover as well. So that's how Captain Marvel was, taken by Marvel. But readers miss the, the classic, classic Captain. Captain DC license the characters and say they were trapped in suspended animation They're still corny I guess So they say it's all happening on, on Earth S. S DC decide to put Shazam on the cover Still call him Captain Marvel And hope that other people aren't confused It don't work out that way One sec we have to go back to the UK Where Marvel Man is being relaunched by Warrior They never bought the rights But they won't worry or let anyone know That that's the case because honestly they can't afford to to lose face. After two years, they can't afford to publish the scripts, so they license the material to US publishers Eclipse. But Marvel Comics are ready for litigation. They see Marvel on a cover as defamation, so Eclipse come up with a cunning plan. They'll just change the name to, to Miracle Man. Man! But they go belly up before the final story's drawn and the rights are purchased by the guy who made Spawn. But it turns out Miracle Man rights are in dispute, so Neil Gaiman starts a lawsuit trying to figure out where ownership resides and he writes 1602 at Marvel. To his side. Meanwhile, Captain Marvel is over chilling at DC, sitting there thinking, hey, what about me? So when it's time for the regular DC reboot, they change his name to Shazam. Great, no more lawsuits. So that's how Billy Batson changed his name to Shazam. And guess what? Marvel now own Miracle Man. This just goes to show that no matter what you do, everything you create will be owned by the big two. So, they didn't give an elephant pyres. And what it boils down to is multiple companies spending 75 years arguing back and forth about a name and character ownership. Yeah, while well, Shazam just spends most of the time in the background playing his hits over and over. The character is kind of a microcosm for cyclical comic storytelling. The same stories get told because Billy can't really change. Peter Pan can never grow up. Whilst the core of the character has remained the same since 1939, there have been tweaks and updates over the years. In the mid-80s, DC Comics had the first of their big multi-universe restarts, where they took all of their separate worlds and brought it all into one place. I'm not going to threaten to tell you about that one. Oh, so that one you won't touch. This means Captain Marvel will be able to interact with the rest of the DC Universe, and even join the Justice League. At this point, they made the change that Billy's consciousness remains when he transforms, rather than he and his alter ego having separate personalities. It was a way of explaining his sunny disposition in the face of oncoming dark grittiness in 1980s comics. Because only a child would be pure enough to not mope and murder people at the drop of a hat. In 1994, Jerry Ordway created a graphic novel revamping the origins of the character, which led into an ongoing series Ordway wrote, with art from Peter Kreiss. The series ran for just under 50 issues, meaning the comics had long-form, continuity-heavy storytelling for a change. Updates include Billy's parents being archaeologists who are murdered by their associate, Theo Adam, a reincarnation of Black Adam. Mary Batson is an adult rather than a teenager when she and Billy are reunited, and she insists on sharing the Captain Marvel name with Billy. In these stories, Talkie Tawny is a doll that comes to life as a cartoon tiger, rather than a real-life talking tiger, and it is an affront to the purity of the original. 
in a 12-issue coming-of-age series from 2006 to 2008 called Trials of Shazam, Billy Batson takes the place of the wizard at the Rock of Eternity, and Freddy attempts to prove himself worthy of seceding Captain Marvel. Following a subsequent DC Universe overhaul in 2011, the character's name is changed to Shazam. Shazam! Shazam! To end all of the confusion surrounding his name. And the Shazam family is widened as Mary, Billy and Freddy are all foster children, along with three other children, Darla, Eugene and Pedro, with each of the kids embodying the powers of one of the gods. This is the most impactful and positive change to Shazam comics in 70 years, not only bringing some much-needed diversity, but strengthening the theme of family at the core of the book. And more than ever, Shazam wants every child to be able to dream of being a hero. This episode of Comic Book Classroom was written by Michael Eckett and Amy Garvey and is produced by Robin Harmon. Music is written and performed by the Sheridans and our logo was created by Blair Ingalls. New episodes come out monthly and you can subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your podcast supplier of choice. For more information and to see what we're up to, you can find us on Twitter as at Comic Book Class, on Instagram as Comic Book underscore Classroom and you can email us at classroomcomicbook at gmail.com. This brings us to the end of Season 1 of Comic Book Classroom, but we'll be back in a couple of months with a special episode celebrating the end of The Wicked and the Divine. Hello? Hi, Captain Marvel? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yes, that's me? Sorry to bother you, I'm from Comic Book Classroom. I'm calling to get some quotes for upcoming podcast episode. My mom, I mean, my assistant, said you'd be calling. Anything to help. You've changed your name a lot over the years. Does that ever get confusing? Oh no, I'm very good at remembering things. Everyone says so at school. Did you just say school? No, I said, uh, scroll. Of course, scrolls. Uh, speaking of your adversaries, you seem to have to fend off the same villains a lot. Dr. Savannah, Black Adam, Mr. Mind, and Ibeck are a persistent bunch. What happened to Deathbird? Gosh, I'm not sure. I don't know any heavy metal bands. I mostly listen to Baby Shark. Uh, maybe I have enough to go on. No, no, ask me another. Sure, well, it must be great to always feel supported by a squadron of competent people. We are. Hashtag squad goal. It's awesome to fight crime with your best friends, but it's strange to have to share my power with them. I'm not used to sharing my toys. Wow. Carol Corps sure has changed a lot since I last checked. What's a Carol Corps? Your flight of pilots. Oh, no. <sighs> not again. Are you not Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel? No, sir. I am Shazam. Hello? Did you hang up? Sorry, no. Uh, just some localized lightning. I am the bearer of the gifts of the Rock of Eternity. Now, I don't know this Carol lady, but I'm sure she's a swell gal. I'm so sorry, Mr. Shazam. That's okay. It's always fun to make a new friend. You have a nice day. Great. Only another seven Captain Marvels to go.